Welcome to another episode of Two Crones in a Book, where your host Shell and Annette get together to talk book-related stuff. This could be a review of a book, watch-along of movies based on books, or general ramblings. But be warned, each episode, including this one, contains adult language and spoilers. Consider yourself thoroughly warned, and welcome to our chaotic tea party. Welcome to another episode of Two Crones in a Book, where you have myself, Shell, and the lovely Annette. Where this episode we're going to be talking about uh, Stephen King's Later. We've had a bit of a dry spell, as you may be aware, so we kind of pinned a lot of our hopes on this on a goodie. Annette, what did you think? Well, Michelle, as you just said, we've had a very dry spell of books that were it's fucking actually... Sahara. Sahara, it's been. The Sahara would be. <laughs> A relief on how dry and desperate these books have been and all i can say about later is it broke the cycle for me me too i was like oh come yes you are the daddy of horror <laughs> <laughs> now i am gonna say i'm gonna hold my hands up there are times when mm. i have read some stephen king books and it's like oh we are painting by numbers here <laughs> yeah, I find that was his mid-range though. He he, like his old stuff, I loved, adored, massive fan. I got a little bit bored in the middle. Yeah, but he seems to recently have re-pulled that back out of the bag, and he's just—I don't know if his style changed, his perspective or what. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. This 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 is good. I'm I'm gonna say once you see that it, it is a smaller book, my hopes rise immediately that it's gonna be a better experience. <laughs> But to be fair, that's probably because what we've been reading has been challenging. Yes. But we're not talking about those because it's a new year, new us. And this is a fucking banging start to the year. Oh, my God. What a story, Michelle. I, yeah. I was like, oh, they were, I just don't even know where to start. So for anybody who's not familiar with it, um, maybe we should tell you uh, the, uh, the... Yeah, give the... them the synopsis, because yeah. I think we need to start adding synopsis to these. We need to cultivate a little bit, don't we? Yeah, give someone somewhere to go from, rather than just hearing our waffle. But, but we like to waffle. But no, we I do get like your point. to waffle, but a little <laughs> bit of context, and then the waffle. I agree. So this is um, Later by Stephen King, uh, and the synopsis is The son of a struggling single mother, Jamie... No, I think it's Conklin... Just yeah. wants an ordinary childhood, but Jamie is no ordinary child. Born with an unnatural ability, his mum urges him to keep secret. Jamie can see what no one else can see and learn what no one else can learn. But but the cost of using this ability is higher than Jamie can imagine, as he discovers when an NYPD detective draws him into the pursuit of a killer who has threatened to strike from beyond the grave. I'm already, I'm sold. Um, the... Yeah details for the paperback although i will say that i did a kindle version of this um was 272 pages the publisher was titan books a publication date was the 2nd of march 21 uh, isbn number was 17890964499 and net how long was the audible right so the audible was six hours 32 minutes uh, the chapters are so short, you are going to breeze through listening to this. And uh, the narration by Seth, I think it's Numrich or Numrich, is exquisite, I'm going to say. 
see, we haven't even got to the contents of the book and we are just ticking and ticking and ticking. You know, it was a short, super quick read. It's the daddy of horror. He knows what he's doing. You've got good narration. I mean, I'm going to say, listening to it, I mean, there's how many chapters? Some like 70 odd chapters. Mm. But you do not feel a single one. It's just like it. the chapter breaks are to give you a breath. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, okay, so, yeah, I think, oh, okay, so where to begin? I'm going to say Liz the Copper is a complete, and I'm sorry I'm going to say it, cunt. (laughs) 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 She is awful. She is. She's a proper fucking loon. Oh, my God. So this woman discovers this child's abilities uh, in a roundabout way. Um, because she she is dating the uh, his mother, yeah. Um, but then it it it's all like she's kind of like non-believing and all that. But then when it comes to uh, advancing her career, yeah. And again just, later, making a pound note. Oh, oh. but all right, I know, and I'm jumping ahead again. I'm not that happy with his mum Tia either, to be honest. No, I mean, for this one of the main things I took from this is that you, this kid essentially is exploited, although his mum makes a, a really big point of trying to protect him, and she does 90% of the time. Her motivations yeah. are pure. There comes a point in desperation where she exploits his gift. Yes. And that then exposes him to the copper finding out about it and, and starting to believe. So that then leads on to, which is one of the things that she's frightened of. When, so when she tells him not to tell anyone, it's because she says, you know, there are people out there who, who, who will abuse it. You know, they'll want what you've got and they'll want yeah. to know the things that you can find out. So she, she knows that people, there's a potential there for people to, to abuse it and exploit him. But she shares it with someone who does it not once but twice to him. But then she does it herself. Yeah, that's the catalyst because the, yeah. the copper would never have believed, Liz would never have believed that he could speak with the dead if she hadn't have been present and enabling the mum to exploit him in the first instance. Yeah. No, they were actually, Liz only did it twice. His mother did it three times and then told him pretend, to pretend that he didn't have the gift. First was when the neighbour's wife died to know where the rings were. Which, by the way, has my favourite line in the entire book, that scene. Yep. Go on, what Which, is it? It was um, when he's talking to the ghost of the woman that passed away from having a stroke. Yep. And he asked, why did you put your rings in the airing cupboard rather than <gasps> yes. the usual places? And she said, well, that by that point, my thoughts were drowning in blood. Blood. Yeah, that oh, was a good one. That stuck with me. Yeah, there were so many, I mean, the good lines in it and, and the intro to the section right at the beginning that you've you've just referenced was so good because at that point where you were so at the beginning of the book, you didn't realise what was going to happen and then it flipped on a penny. So the wife is there and, and, and just standing next to him and you don't know that she's the dead woman initially. No. And then all of a sudden he, he comes out with some of the lines like, you know, even, even as a kid, you know, not to talk to dead people in front of others, you, you know. There was just so many fantastic lines and in typical Stephen King fashion that you can relate to. Yeah. yeah. Um, And there's a line in there. So it's got Stephen King's humour. There's a line in there where he he turns around and he he says, 
um, you humour your mum and you say yes to everything that your mum says uh, unless it's bedtime or broccoli. I mean, that just sent me into a fit of giggles. <laughs> it, it, it was so true. But yeah, there, there's so many lines like that swimming in blood line that you've just said. Oh my God, it's going to stick with me forever, that line. But isn't it true? Isn't that essentially what a stroke is? Or is it? Or is it? My, no, sorry, it's not swimming in blood. It's my my brain was my thoughts were drowning in blood. Is the line, isn't it? Isn't but is it's a perfect oh, description. Thought, oh my god! Could, never have you kind of understood what a stroke is mm. till yeah. that. It personified and it actually makes it more real for someone who hasn't experienced one. Yeah, what that person must be going through. I oh I agree with god. you completely. Like that, like I went cold when I heard that line, and it, but that kind of sets it up, doesn't it, for for the rest of the book? It's it's consistent in its use of language, and you you know that I'm big fan of uh, descriptions in relatable ways. Yes. You know, there's no point in in saying to me, you know, it shone like the helm of the Titanic. We haven't fucking <laughs> seen the Titanic. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> Yeah, no, it brought it down to the core of you. Yeah, definitely. Was there anything else that struck you like that? Uh, to be honest, it was um, later on in the story when he, when Liz is on the hunt for um, the mass bomber. Yeah. They call him Thumper, don't they? Yes, let's yeah. go with Thumper. We'll call him Thumper. Um, uh, Keith... Otero or something like that, but it's Thumper. Yeah. And it's the bit when Liz is um desperate to get onto this task force. Yeah. Um she's already got a damaged reputation um dealing with drugs. She's a dirty cop, isn't she? Yeah, she's a proper dirty cop. Uh, she wants to claw her way onto this task force, so she gets uh Jamie to come with her to try because he, he they'd found the guy's body he'd shot himself in the head and then she wanted him to come and try and find his ghost to find out where because his last leaving comment was um a staple piece of paper saying there's one more left yeah and it, it was going to be a big one and yeah she's desperate to save her job isn't she because she's yeah. in big trouble and she's hoping this win will get her her glory points back yeah so she gets him to come with her to hunt down this ghost and then when um it talks about them finding him sat on a bench outside of a just like a, a corner shop yeah and it's it's how it just goes from this normal conversation just just talking about describing the area and not in the normal Stephen King I'm talking for an entire chapter about an area (laughs) (laughs) that used to annoy the piss out of me no he was just like it's just like this (laughs) casual conversation and there just so happens to be this man who has and then he's talking about the the bullet hole like half his head's missing and then how it goes into this but then it's when Thumper starts talking when um, he's trying to get the truth out of him and he's doing the shudder thing, and you you just knew that was not going to be good. Oh, and I'm telling you, Michelle, when this narrator did this voice, yeah. again, I went fucking cold. It was so well done. The whole idea is that ghosts have to tell you the truth, but if they've done something they don't want you to know, they're going to try and fight it. Yeah. So he does this voice, and it's like, I don't want to tell you. 
and I'm not doing it justice there, but it it yeah. fucking sent me. <laughs> Where they just just that I don't want to tell you. <gasps> I mean, there was the, the, the perspective you you saying that the, about them having to tell you the truth. The perspective of being dead there were some things in here that really disturbed me like the fact that you always wear the clothes that you died in yes i sleep in my pants and a t-shirt oh, oh you know? when they went to visit the author <laughs> and he was yeah and his shorts kept falling down and yeah. his ass hanging out yeah you know that'd be me that's not the way I, I want to be seen the fact that you 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 can't lie oh man you're just gonna have to avoid everybody like the plague aren't you <laughs> for, for that small window before you you move on <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I was a bit like, shit. <laughs> so I'm going to have to hide and I'm going to have to start wearing proper pyjamas to bed. Yeah. I mean, my worst nightmare, imagine if you you died when you had to go to a wedding or something and you were, sh- you know how I feel about dressing up formal. You know, that would be my worst nightmare. Oh my God. Would to be in a formal outfit and then you keel over and be like, no, it's itchy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe or move. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, there was some some really, really good bits in here. Um, for me, one of the things that stood out for me is um, one of his lines where he says, I think that people who say life is all about the choices we make and the roads we go down are full of shit. And that's pretty true, really, because he, he goes on to say, you know, the finger, if the finger of fate points at you, all roads lead to the same place. And I wonder how much you can only fight so much of your circumstances um, and where you are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. I thought this was absolutely fucking epic. When I was reading it, I was cheering. I was like, our dry spell is over. <laughs> now, can um, you pick any holes in this story, though? Do you know, I probably, you, I think any story or book, no matter how much, how good you think it is, you could probably pick apart bits and pieces. Yeah. But it was so good, and I was so into it that I didn't want to. I've got a question for you. Go on, then. The references to the deadlights. Yes. And when he was talking to the elderly gentleman who was a professor, by the way, whose wife passed away. And was the only adult he knew who didn't try to exploit it. Yeah, exactly. But the fact that he referenced that not all things that we don't understand are from this earth. Yep. Space. Hello. And yep. the act of Chud. Yep. Are we putting this in the It universe? So, yeah, I, I think we probably are. Um, and there's, with typical Stephen King, there's always that um, overlap, isn't there, with a lot of his mm. books. Um, I, so ages ago, probably should have paid more attention to it, but ages ago there was someone who sat down and put the overlapping characters um of every book that he'd had and things that could tie in. And I think they managed to tie in like nearly everything, including like the Dark Tower. They managed to tie into to Salem's Lot. So, yeah, I, I would. I, I think that Stephen King gets these concepts um, into his mind. Yeah. And I think that they're a good influence, but they reoccur- they're a reoccurring horror theme. No different than, you know, most people think clowns are, are, are um, creepy. Do you know what? Maybe we should. I think that now, in retrospect, I'm thinking we should have kept a check on because they kept referencing the years. Yes. Whether they were in correlation with the it book. I wonder. I'm sure someone listening would know. Yeah, because they're all set like in the uh, 20 teens. Yeah. Well, in in the uh, 2000s. 
Yeah. So whether or not it would link into that, I'm sure it must do. The fact that he purposely mentioned those years. Quite an important thing in it, isn't it? Yeah. Because is it the 23-year cycle or whatever it is? Yeah. Uh, they're described in that as um, writhing lights, aren't they? Yeah. And they, in this, it was the case of uh, Jamie, was the, the elder gentleman, the professor whose name falls out of my head now told him that he'd done a lot of research after his wife passed away about dealing with the afterlife and things like that and possessions and he taught him about the um taught him about chud and everything and then when this because what happens thumper after he's met with jamie because of what liz wanted to find out he kind of attaches himself to jamie Mm. then for an extortionate amount of time to a point where he Jamie feels he needs to stop him because he keeps feeding things into his head like your mum's going to die of cancer and this is going to happen and that's going to happen, which is all falsehoods. Um, yeah, because although they can't lie, they, they have to tell you the truth, but only if it's a direct question. Yeah, exactly. So he wants to get rid of him because he's just ruining his life. So he uh, goes to a- attack the ghost yeah. and can actually physically get his hands on him. And that's when the what he calls, Jamie himself calls, the dead mm. lights come out of him and it's shining out of his eyes and his nose and his mouth. Yes. And that's when Jamie takes power. And it's, it is, again, the same. He is kind of like bullying this mm. demon into submission, exactly what they did in It. Yeah, and because one of the things worth mentioning here, if you're not, if you haven't read the book already, is up until this point with Thumper, the ghosts always disappear after a few days. Yeah, they, they begin fade. to fade. Yeah, um, they they're not long term eternal ghosts, and he can't work out why Thumper's still hanging around. Yeah, um, which leads to the events that Annette's just described. Only it 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 turns out that something has possessed the ghost, which again freaked the fuck out of me so even when you're dead you can still be possessed which kind of then makes sense to again harkening back to it the storyline of pennywise Mm. this nasty piece of shit yeah got possessed when he died yeah and that's why he's still floating around yeah i I hadn't thought of that when i was reading it did it not no you're bang on i was just so excited that it was going so well it was amazing (laughs) Oh my god! And then that ending. Yeah. So the the I don't know if we should go into too much detail with that. No, because... I really want people to read this book. I don't want to say too much more, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, to try and and be a little bit vague without giving too much away. Yeah. Something happens towards the end, and you get a bit of a revelation about who his dad is. But I... in Stephen mm. King style. It's not necessarily mm. what you think. I didn't think it was necessary. I did. Did you? Yeah, I thought that it was not the concept of who his dad was. That could have been either way. Um, but the fact, it's really hard to, to not give too much away on it, but the yeah. fact that he says that he asks a ghost the question. Yes. And the ghost answers. And then the follow-up to that, puts into question did he actually ask the question because would there are things for me there are things in life that you you don't want to know so you know but you don't want to know yeah so i i thought that that was a perfect reflection of his character and 
part of of his coming of age because we meet him when he's really young and it ends when he's only in his early 20s i think it is yeah it's not a a big lifespan in this story yeah so he's still quite young Mm. um the, the main character and yeah, I, 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 I thought it was a good thing to put in because I thought it was, it gave you what a lot of people would have expected. But then Stephen King kind of takes that away. Do you, do you know what? When I heard it, I did audibly go, <gasps> but then it was like, <laughs> did I really need to know that? <laughs> it did get me though. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then it, it, it kind of does make sense when you take into account some of the history of the other characters so we're being really vague there intentionally we normally just go for it and spit no, everything uh, on the plate no, but we really want people to read this book it's quick it's you know so and it, easy there are some fabulous bits in there that are just so true like you know only your mother can make you feel lower than whale shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there is nothing like a mother's gift you know to without shouting at you or anything be able to put you back in your place i know well th- there is the odd modern slang term and you know i'm not a fan of yeah of the time slang but it was enough that i like, uh, okay i'll let it slide <laughs> I yeah. but like, okay i'll let it go so i mean with as with every book like i said i'm pretty sure you could pull holes in it if you wanted to yeah. but the gift of stephen king oh my god is his ability to have this vision to make his writing flow seamlessly yeah um so well so you know it's such a a good story it's such a good concept and it's such an easy read and a good flow that you don't pause and your mind doesn't wander which is some of the issues that we've had previously the the jonah Um, (laughs) where you know you even platform seven you know it it became overly descriptive and went off in directions that we didn't want and that's when for me when you lose momentum that i start thinking actually that's shit yeah and I didn't have that in this. In this, I was just like, no, the drought is over. The daddy of horror is here. You, Rock on, Mr. King. Do you know how I'm going to describe it as? It is a perfect paperback. It's like when mm. I had a copy of Carrie. To me, is a near-perfect paperback. It fits in your pocket. It's not too long. It's not too. Sh- mm. It's such an easy read, and it keeps you the whole time. To me, this is like, finally, he's done another Carrie. But it's not like Carrie, but, you know, in that yeah, size, yeah. that momentum, he was, it, it, it's like he's a kid again. It's like, have you been hiding this story the entire time? But it's not at all. It's set in the modern age. Read it in uh, two nights, which probably worked out about three and a half hours. Yeah. You know, it, it was obviously when you read a physical copy compared to Audible, you lose some of the charm because you don't have the... the audible has which is the narration of it yeah. and the set of pace um but it was yeah i just i couldn't put it down i was like well i want to know what happens next i want to know where this is going so i mean this is 100 percent a fucking thumbs up from me oh my god well like i've said a million times when i get bored i have to start or i lose concentration i stop michelle i did not want to turn this off <laughs> well that's it then isn't it you know I've, I've done it really quickly i did it in like three and a half hours you tore through it and didn't want to turn it off oh, this is just yes Thank you, Mr. Stephen King. Thank you, Stephen King. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it actually, the the end of the Kindle edition, I don't know about the paperback or Audible, yeah. but it gave you a sample of Joyland and it actually, actually made me think, I, I, I want to read Joyland Oh, now. no, I don't know that. No, I didn't have that. Yeah, it was like a chapter from Joyland, which is supposed to be quite 
similar in style and direction yeah. as, as this one. Um, and I, I flicked it because I never read samples and I never need prologues, as you know. Yeah. But I did. And I was like, yeah, no, I think this is going on my list. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So definite thumbs up. Oh, 100% a thumbs up. Stephen King at his best. The only thing that worries me is the bar is set quite high now for the next read. Yeah. And I, I'm a little bit concerned that we might go backwards. I don't want to slide back down the slope. I know, but we've got... To, now, don't don't get worried because we do have some beauties lined up in the future. We do. I mean, this, this is a bit of a... The next one we're going to have is definitely... I don't know about you. I've never read this author. Me either. So we're going in blind, which eh, could be hit or miss. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, the next book we're going to be reading, if anybody wants to check it out, is The Cottage by Lisa Stone. Yeah, I, she's British, I think, as well. Yes, uh, I'm just having a look. So it's 352 pages. Yeah. On the Audible, it's 9 hours 47. This has got wicked, wicked reviews. Um, and the synopsis is as follows. I shall read to you. Please do. Uh, is a gripping new thriller with a difference from internationally best-selling author Lisa Stone. An isolated cottage. After losing her job and boyfriend, Jan Hamlin is in desperate need of a fresh start, so she jumps at the chance to rent a secluded cottage on the edge of Coldshaw Woods. A tap at the window. Very quickly, though, things take a dark turn. At night, Jan hears strange noises and faint taps at the window. Something or someone is out there. Uh, a forest that hides many secrets. Jan refuses to be scared off, but whoever is outside isn't going away, and it soon becomes clear that the nightmare is only just beginning. Mm. Sounds promising. It sounds good. Uh, I mean, the cover looks pretty cool as well. Oh, it's got a really creepy cottage on it. Very bold, isn't it? Yeah, um, and it's it, the tagline um, on the cover is do you dare unlock the door? I mean, reading the synopsis, my answer immediately is no, I fucking don't. I mean, I mean, do you want to know what the listeners' rating is on average? Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, on Audible, the listeners' average rating is uh, 4.2 out of 5, so that's not bad. That's not bad at all, is it? No, that's up um, there. Waterstones have uh, an average reader's reviews come in at 4.5. Oh, let's not get our hopes up in it. No, 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 because remember, we do book the curb a lot of the times when it comes to books, but it's promising. It is promising. I mean, the, the synopsis alone sounds good. Yeah, definitely. Um, We're going to go in at... with a positive attitude. We are going to go in with a positive attitude. We are, most definitely. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> Was that a bit of pill to swallow there, Shell? <laughs> yeah, it was. One's hoping, one's hoping. Um, but I, I guess that's it for this episode then. And, and we'll see you um, soon with yes. that book. We're also going to drop in a ramble, we believe, um, relatively soon. Um, some of you have sent us some real stonking questions that, that's made us just go, oh. Oh, my God, you guys are legends when it comes to you questions. <laughs> absolute fucking legends. And, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with well, that. <laughs> <laughs> you made me do some homework. <laughs> yes, you know. Um, the next one is, I believe, from uh, Tommy. Let me just have a look at it. We'll pause for a moment. I don't know what the next one is. Do you? Uh, not for the, the ramble. I haven't got it open. Let me have a look. I've got it here. Bear with. Bear with. Bear with. 
edit this bit out. Okay. Maybe keep it in. <laughs> Good, because our editing skills are shit. Yes. Um, let's have a look. So, okay. do, 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 we the next one is from Tommy, and it, it the question is, what in our opinion is the best fantasy ser- series? But we have to exclude anything by Tolkien. Done. <laughs> See, I like him. I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, I can imagine that's not you. No, it's not my cup of tea. But anyway, yes, but we will tackle that on the ramble. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm guessing Fantasy World um, would, would cover quite a, a broad spectrum, wouldn't it? It could do. It's how you want to interpret, I assume. <laughs> and we know how I like to interpret things. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> Apologies in advance, Tommy. <laughs> but yeah, so that'd be a good one. So that's going to be the next episode, followed um, by another episode, which we'll, we will review The Cottage by Lisa Stone. Yeah. So you might want to read along um, beforehand and let us know what you think um, and see whether you agree with what we think when we do do the episode. Um, but for now, thank you very much for your time and a happy new year. We've broken the cycle. Woo-woo! Woo, let's keep it going. Okay, guys, you take care now. Loved you all. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Crones and a Book. If you would like to contact the show, you can email us at twocronespodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media for episode content and more. You can find us on Twitter at twocronespod and on Instagram at Two Crones and a Book. Also join our Facebook group at Two Crones and a Book. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the show on your podcast listening app of choice. Take care now and we'll see you next time. Bye.